0: While we were while we were prepping for this episode, somebody else just messaged me, and um, uh, Diego he says, "Hey Maddie, hope you're doing great. Are you just starting your agency by any chance?" So I just sent him a link to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Why do people do that? Why? Wait, so I can I can tell you any research I I can try all. No, because I can tell you it's just a numbers game. I can tell you exactly what he does without even going to his profile so what he does is this is what everybody does is they're a high ticket closer so they they're basically an affiliate for people who sell high ticket courses and or affiliate for people who just sell like marketing services or whatever but it's it's usually high ticket courses and then they get me to basically pay for the course and then they get an affiliate commission off of it and that's what they just keep doing so it's the mlm of digital marketing and if you do it's that- a, a volume and numbers game, they message lots of people. 100%, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's easier on LinkedIn because you can use uh, LinkedIn, what's it called, sales something? I don't remember. Uh, That's gross. Makes me want to throw up. Uh, That's <sighs> shameful. What is LinkedIn? Oh, Sales Navigator, LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Well, on Facebook, it's like individual messaging. Yeah, no, it's it's super annoying. And everyone who does it sucks. But, it, but it, I mean if that
1: was you in the past that's fine and then maybe that's you now but you should stop look and- I <laughs> I get it I get it but it's not cool man it's not cool mm. just think about being on the other side of it and and yeah and, and you you're not special
0: man you're like the 100th person to message me
1: this today and yeah, you're gonna really be forgotten tomorrow and it's it's mildly annoying enough to I showed you the one I got on LinkedIn the one time right about everybody else yeah 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 I can't remember what she said something about where, was I interested in investing in a franchise or blah, blah, blah. And I said, uh, I don't do anything remotely close to this, so <laughs> no, thank you. And then, yeah, like the next day I got the same message again. So I just wrote back, no, <laughs> With lots of zeros. I, yeah, that's the sales, that's sales
0: navigator. That's just blasting out messages. I have, I, on Facebook, I have 106 friend requests. And I can, I can guarantee you there are 106 people trying to sell me something. I hate that
1: that's the advice too, but because if people are doing it, that means somebody is advising them to do it. It reminds me of job applications where I never did this. I never applied to lots of jobs. I just picked the ones that I really wanted. And then I went so deep on them that, I mean, this also, I get it. If you're in very large metros. Because now you've got the whole issue of gaming the system where your application doesn't actually go to a human, it goes to a bot and then you have keyword density and all that hot massive stuff. But really you should just avoid that as much as possible by contacting the person who would hire you you know, directly anyway, or who would be your direct manager. That's always the smartest thing, but I never did that or dealt with that. So when people would say like, oh yeah, well, they knew I was job hunting. Like how many jobs do, did you apply to like one, one, I, I spent 24 hours on it, I, yeah. I spent three days with very little sleep. I, I can tell you who runs it. I can tell you his family. I can tell you. We got that application yeah. from that podcast listener, Matt,
0: Matthew, and he's probably listening to this. He'd be like, wow, <laughs> like, like he did research for us and he listens to the
1: podcast. And I was like, this is impressive. I like him. That's very cool. Yeah, I, I think that's how you should do it. And anything, honestly, anything less than that, I'm.
0: You should want to work just, where you're applying, like, I mean i guess if your situation is desperate i mean yeah but t- if you're I meaning if you're applying to like a job like this or something like a marketing agency you should
1: want to work there because i'll tell you market the marketing world is a very very toxic world so here's a fun fact for people who might ever care to know um one of my favorite first interview questions and it's just a, it's an immediate filter one is if i'm feeling nice i'll say it as well can you tell us about our company <laughs> which is another way of saying did you do your basic background research and if you didn't, I'm done with you already, right? Like, you didn't try. Yeah. We, we I'll still entertain
0: them, just funny. so they don't.
1: <laughs> they have, yeah,
0: yeah you, you know, if it's up to me, I'd be like, I'm out.
1: Thanks, <laughs> thanks for, you know. Nothing. And for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> but uh, if I'm having a bad day, I'll say, who are we and what are our job titles? Um, because oh. you should know that too. Especially uh, with I don't think life. you,
0: I don't think you've said that yet
1: you know, with our interviewees.
0: My favorite ones we're on a tangent here, but my favorite one is, um, what, what color is money? I like, I like that. I like to ask the weird ones because everyone is always like green or, you know, whatever country they're from. And it's the ones, the ones that we end up hiring. Cause I think even I asked, I asked Eva this and she goes, it depends. Like, are we like talking about like coins or. Or perfect SEO answer. I was like, ah, yes, yes, yes. You're not a true SEO unless the answer to literally everything is, it depends. Um. But I mean, like, yeah, what color is money? It's all over the world. Like, what am I referencing? Or the other I really want to do this. I really want to get like a, okay, I won't say it yet. But what I say is how many pennies fit on a school bus? That's that's one question I ask quite a bit. And if you say, I don't know, get out. <laughs> like, like, I want you to give me like an estimate. how would you find it? But then we've had some people just go a million. But I, so I've really wanted to do this. I really wanted to get like a toy school bus that's like six inches long. And I just show it in the camera and be like, you think a million pennies are going to fit on this little toy? <laughs> They're going to be like, is this a real internet? They're thing like, you didn't problem. specify that. I'm like, you should have asked. <laughs> you should have said, how big is the school bus? <laughs> uh, all right. That's all right. That's a tangent. That was just a little fun. Um, Cody, what are we talking about? Mm, KPIs. Oh, the, su- the successor to KPIs. So the importance. the importance of understanding how to set up analytics and tracking is what mm. I, this was this is the working the title actual
1: measuring of them
0: yes because there's one there, there's there's one component of saying this is what my these are what my kpis are and this is what i'm going to track in order to, to to communicate my client's success to them but then how do you go about and actually setting up and tracking that and i i bring this up because this goes back to this is a kind of a callback to an episode that we had a while ago which is why most marketers fail and it's because they're so damn lazy and no one is willing to do deep dives on, on figuring out how to do any of the technical stuff at all. So a lot of the reasons why people who have uh, SMMAs or social media marketing agencies, I hate that term, is because that was a thing. yeah SMMA, it's like a big agency guru thing. It's like everybody has a course on being like an SMMA and then like being certified and stuff like that. But I think the number the number one reason why people are, are able to do this is because they can track leads by doing lead forms through Facebook and
1: LinkedIn and they don't have to set up any tracking because it's just a lead form. Uh well, yeah, that's classic low barrier to entry, high competition then, right? Yeah. If it's easy to do, then more people will do it. And yeah, then you'll have a, a nice mess of competition.
0: Yeah, so uh, we track everything using Google Tag Manager and Google Analytics. And what we track on our sites are form fills, so when people fill out a form, phone calls and emails. So we actually, in Google Analytics, we we track the the URL, like the, the HTML URL parameter for phone calls and uh, emails, and then we also have an event in there to track anybody who lands on the thank you page, which is a redirect page after someone fills out the form. Mm-hmm. And then we connect that to Google Ads, so then Google Ads can then translate whether one of those events were fired after someone had clicked on an ad and gone to the site. So. I also wanted to talk about this too, because when I talk to potential clients and even other people who have marketing agencies, their Google ads conversions in their account, they're tracking conversions. They have a cost per acquisition, but their conversions are literally just the standard that Google already has, which is the call extensions feature. So like you can run call call extensions on Google ads to where someone sees your ads and it says call now and you hit call now and then it tracks that you don't have to set up any coding don't no tracking nothing you just have to turn it on but what happens <laughs> the majority of people don't click on that call extension they click on the ad and they go to the site but then what are you are you rewriting the numbers to a tracking number to where that's going to be tracked through google ads are you tracking the form fills and separating that between google organic and google ads and if you're not, what you're doing is you're missing out on a ton of opportunity to track success for your client. And this is a huge reason why we're switching from Raven Tools over to, uh, I'm just gonna call them out because Ra- Raven Tools is ridiculous how they won't pull in Google Business Profile information. And we've asked them about this. and They're like, yeah, it's just not a priority of ours or whatever excuse they gave us. And so we're switching away from Raven Tools. That'll save us like 200 bucks a month. And then going to Looker Studio, as I'm correcting myself from last episode, And then using uh, a tool, uh, another tool to actually connect Google Business Profile data over to Data Studio. So now what I've been doing on a monthly basis is when those reports go out in the third, I'll respond to them and kind of give them the synopsis of their organic results and their paid ads. But then I'll also go to their Google Business Profile and look at their calls and messages as well, because that's not included in the reports. And the whole reason I started doing that was because if they get 14 leads on their website, they have like 30 leads in their Google business profile or 30 calls. And I don't want to miss out on the opportunity because what we did to rank their website is included in the metrics for their Google business profile. Fortunately, like a lot of people listening to this don't really have to worry about this because they're using like local Falcon or some other paid SEO tool. Just keep in mind, we use no paid SEO tools, zero. Unless you kill can- well, unless it- I was like- Unless you count Raven tools,
1: like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't really use that. Do we Does do you and Eva use it ever? Yeah. Okay. So I feel like we can't totally rip on Raven. Um, but I'll give them a half rip because I, I do feel like after they got acquired by, was it, um, click. Oh, like, can, who are they? I gotta Google it. Don't worry. I'll cut it. Who acquired, uh, it's fine. <laughs> People can go on the adventure with us. Tap clicks. Yeah. Tap clicks acquired them. I feel like after the acquisition, they kind of got backburnered as the, uh, less profitable, ugly sibling. Um, and you know, in favor of tap clicks went to grow there. And we, we don't use, we, we certainly don't use Raven tools to its full capacity. I mean, there's a whole lot in there. And if you're taking advantage of all of it, uh, I do think it's probably still a very cost effective tool, but. Honestly, we only really use it for reporting, which, I mean, it, it's funny. Reporting is critical and that's why reporting tools cost so much money. If you look at the alternatives out there and the more data streams that they have, um, you know, built in connectors that don't require you to develop your own API connector thingy. Um, the more they cost, uh, because they're just making it easier, so reporting is is super expensive because it's really often the number one chance you get to showcase yourself and that you're doing well and so it's worth the money that you put into it and for that reason we yeah we we don't use all of raven and also because i i learned seo with free tools so um in a lot of cases especially for what we're doing uh skylar said it last time too local seo isn't hard (laughs) comparatively not It's not a difficult thing compared to a lot of, you know, the things out there. And that was, uh, another thing was, you know, uh, setting up tracking in, you know, Tag Manager Analytics, Google Ads, et cetera. It is comparatively easy to just do lead gen compared to, right, like uh, e-commerce, where you're going to actually have e-commerce analytics that you'll need to set up. If you don't know how to do that, then you'll need a dev to do it. Yeah, like ROAS yeah 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 stuff like that yeah i mean you gotta you gotta know view through like view through conversions and lifetime value and things like mm-hmm. that yeah well to know the platforms too right so i mean that that could yeah. be a thing too where you say you know i specialize in in shopify that's the e-commerce setup that i know
0: i was just talking to somebody about that like they were like um they wanted to i, I think specialize in e-commerce but they didn't know like how deep to go then i said start at a platform Like WooCommerce, Shopify, Amazon, like Mm -hmm. start somewhere. Like Jenny, your fiance, she was, I mean, she was like an expert in Amazon. Yeah. She's Mm -hmm. withered. she's
1: brilliant. (laughs) She's so smart. (laughs) I don't, there's so much stuff that she just, she says now at this point, cause she's been doing it a long time compared to other people that, especially things that I never thought about, because I think it's easy when you do a, I, I say this often where I feel like personality wise. I'm not necessarily the best fit for a service business because I like hanging out in the background and not really talking to people. As much as I like people and I like the ones that I talk to, it's just very draining very quickly. So I think I'm I'm probably a better fit for a product business, but I don't know. I mean, I, I've got something that I'm playing with, but um, yeah, I, I'll find out if I'm actually good fit for it. But things that she said about- oh, Yeah, it's that double-ended butt plug. That we were talking yep. about, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like thirty episodes thanks. ago. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. um, but things about uh, trademarks and uh, copyright—that's huge. I never knew that that stuff was that important in e-commerce, but it's absolutely critical. And she's brilliant at that stuff now, and it just blows my mind. Um, also makes me very scared of of e-commerce businesses and the things that people do in them because they work so hard um, to protect and um you know go after infringers but but there's also the trolls out there too. I remember there was an episode of Shark Tank where I can't remember what which shark it was. I think it might have been it was probably Mark Cuban um uh, because he'd be the guy who would do this. Basically called the guy out and said, You're a patent troll. I don't want to work with you. <laughs> I thought <laughs> awesome. That's so cool. Actually um Jenny and
0: Lauren both gave up gave me I think the best advice for the podcast when we were first starting it. Uh, Jenny gave us what to do and Lauren gave us what not to do. And uh, so Lauren, she told me, like, we filmed, or, yeah, I guess we filmed or recorded our first couple episodes and she only heard snippets of it. And she's like, just don't be douchey. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, like it's really hard for us. I think, yeah, I think we, I think it, initially there were certain things that we, there were things in the first episode or two that we cut um, that I cut because it was, it sounded super um braggy I guess and I was like ah that's gotta go <laughs> like we're taking that out of our way because I think we said something like we we don't have a problem with client acquisition and we're like I wish it uh-huh. wasn't a problem or something like that or you know and I was like yeah it's gonna go <laughs> because we truth is we didn't but we also hadn't established kind of how we acquire clients and share that with you know you all but um I think Jenny gave gave us I think the, the uh, main thing that people love about this podcast which is our tangents and when, because I think it was the second episode she, we, she listened to, she said, I really like when you guys go on tangents and, and, mm. and deviate from it. And I haven't heard anybody else complain other than when I'm yeah. looking at the analytics and I see huge drop-offs in the
1: first ten minutes
0: <laughs> and then I'll <laughs> let it come back like afterwards. <laughs> so everyone's <laughs> like, just
1: get to it. <laughs> like, I don't care about your, you know, tooth story or whatever. So we're going to surprise, we yeah. surprise you in the middle of the episodes now with tangents. Yeah. Um, you're, you're getting them. Whether well, if you really don't want them, I guess tell us. That's fine. Yeah, and like try to shorten them up maybe or something. This,
0: maybe this is everybody telling us why they're not leaving us reviews. Oh,
1: they're sick of the tangents. Yeah, sick like of. Well, how about you leave that in a review? Actually, don't. Yeah. Just tell us. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, we prefer you tell us. That Okay, like shoot us a message on the website. That'd be better. But yeah, I don't remember where we were going.
0: Well, I think we were just talking about importance of tracking. Honestly, I don't know. Um, but I can just, I, I can, I, I, I you want to, uh, yeah, well, I want, I want to say like, it depends on what service you're offering to. Cause when you think of the service that you're offering, you have to think about how you're going to track this. So let's just say you're an email marketer, for instance, and, mm-hmm. Someone's ears just perked up. They're like, oh my God, he's talking about me. And, hey, I you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let's say you're an email marketer. How are you going to track success for your clients? So one, I would establish industry benchmarks for open and close rates because your client's going to ask you what's good. Clients ask us all the time, what's good. And so we kind of tell them what the industry benchmarks are. We don't necessarily tell them that the industry benchmarks are good or not, because they might not be, but if you can give them some kind of inkling or suspicion that they're doing better or worse than good or than standard, that's good. However. You also have to figure out how you can report on those, on what's successful for their business. So most ESPs, email service providers like MailChimp or Aweber or uh, Klaviyo or whatever you're using are gonna have some reporting statistics on email opens. but That's usually where it ends. How else can you provide value that the ESP won't? Because anybody can just sign up for MailChimp and send free emails uh, all day long and get the same reporting. But can you also install Google Analytics or Google Tag Manager, and can you track the on-site behavior from the UTM parameters that you use on the links in your email, and then track conversions? And can you pull that into reporting? And can you attribute conversions and leads for your client from emails? Now, I, I'm, I'm just talking about how I would do it if we start offering email marketing as a service, which we might, but because we're a very lead focused company. But if you're not lead focused, that's fine just make sure that your client or your niche is aware of that and to protect yourself from them wanting to leave you because they don't necessarily believe that your service is affecting their bottom line. And a good way to communicate that is just listen to the last episode again, when I talked about responding to my client in the email about how I communicated the cost per lead to like their actual business model. Uh, do that in terms of whatever service you're offering, whether that's email or Maybe it's coaching. Maybe you just do coaching and you want to be able to track the client's revenue while working with you. How are you going to track the revenue? Do you need access to their CRM or their books? Is that a partnership that you want to pursue?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, there's some, to me, if you're a digital marketer and you're doing this, then there are some obligatory things that you need to learn. Uh, One of them is you need the URL builder. Like if you don't know how to use UTMs, you got to figure that out. Like, and it's not complicated, it's not hard. And you're just appending URLs with tracking parameters so you can measure and, and see the things that you want. That's not difficult. That shouldn't take much time at all. I remember when I learned that, um, do you remember Dave? I asked Dave, I was like, Hey, <laughs> yeah. boy, what's happening here? And he showed, he like- He's let's, let's talk about Dave. <laughs> yeah, he's the wizard, that's for sure. Um, but he showed me in like 10 minutes, just wrote it on a piece of paper. I was like, ah, cool, got it, sweet. And I saved it in a text file as for how it works. You can just Google URL builder, and then you can put it into Google's. It cranks it out for you. you. Google
0: has their own one that I use all the time. If you type in um, UTM, type in Google UTM generator. I don't remember what UTM stands for.
1: I feel like these are, but I I feel like these are harder things to podcast about so like we can't really teach them here but we can tell you the important things to know
0: well go listen to i think it's one of the episodes like in one of the 20s or 30s of the episodes where we talk about marketers being lazy and not doing deep dives you heard utm now go learn about it yeah i mean if you want want to set yourself apart like do the tracking because nobody else is and this is why we were set apart from everybody else is because every time we take over a client from an old agency the tracking is just absolutely awful
1: it's bad Yeah, so I I think the other thing that is really important, if you, if you want to be good and you want to really grow with this and make it a big thing, you got to learn tag manager, Google tag manager, right? Um, go, they've got, the courses are free. Google just teaches you for free. Okay, just go does Google, Google, Google has a tag
0: manager course. I was gonna ask you. Yes. Okay, because I was talking with Marcus, who listens to the podcast, uh, over video chat today, uh, right before we got on this podcast, actually, and I was just doing a, a check in with him, and he was saying that um, he's taken his his uh, marketing fundamentals course from Google. He's on to Google Ads, which is very intimidating, and then he is. After that, I was like, after that, you've got analytics and tag manager, and honestly, analytics and tag manager are going to be the game changers for you because you don't even have to do ads. If you just do SEO analytics and tag manager, and then boom, you've got a service there that's trackable and you can communicate value to your client. Yeah.
1: So there's Google tag manager fundamentals. That's the course that people should take. Um, and then do that and and learn, especially with GA4 now, because everything is becoming event-based. And you need to know how to create the events you want. This was a, a big mind shift for me when I, I switched jobs on Spinutech. And that's where I learned all about events, creating events, event tracking, how to make events do what you want them to do. And if you're, if you're intimidated or confused or think, oh, I'm just not going to do it. You have to know that, uh, look, this is the easy way. <laughs> Tag manager is the easy route, the easy path. The hard way is becoming a death, right? Tag manager is meant to be a substitute for marketers to create the events that they want to track instead of doing it on the website, right? So this already is the easy path. And if you struggle with this or you get knocked out because this, this part's too hard, and I'm not saying it's easy. It's going to take time. It'll take you, I don't know, it could take you weeks to, to learn it to a functional point, but you have to do it if, if you want to do this, take it seriously. Um, because it's if you're going to grow an agency in the the typical services especially if you're running ads you're going to have to know how to place tags and then track them across different platforms too so um yeah jake said it but i'll recap the way that we do it is we we set up the events that we want to track in google analytics in google tag manager so they're fired in tag manager and then we're able to report them in, in Google Analytics. Now, GA4 is different from Universal Analytics now because you can just turn on a slider for the events you want to track as conversions. Um, I wrote like the first guide on this before everybody else even knew yep. about it. Yeah, very first. Yeah, because it didn't exist and I was just very mad and very confused as to why it, nobody had even said anything about this yet. So um, you can check it out on my website, codic.com. Uh Last name is S-E-E. Um, but it'll specifically about form submissions because universal analytics has the option to just uh do it based on the, the page where you enter in the url g4 you can't do that anymore you actually have to create an event for it and it'll explain how to do that in there um then after that we take uh google analytics and connect it to our google ads so we're deep in google and if you're not this might not be the perfect setup for you <laughs> my balls deep <laughs> especially Especially if you're doing Facebook because they're different ecosystems. People who are on Facebook hang out on Facebook and there is like track like Jake was saying about um form submissions, right? Like you can do it all within Facebook without even leaving.
0: But you can track off off um they call them offline conversions. So offline yeah, conversions yeah. are face on Facebook is when you go off of Facebook and you go onto the, the actual website and then tracking conversions on the website and then reporting that information back to Facebook. Now, a lot of gurus out there are going to say, well, what about iOS 14.5 and iOS blocking? Most, honestly, most iPhone users are opting into tracking now because they get so many notifications to opt out that it's just, if they just opt in, then they don't get the notifications anymore. So don't really worry about that. But again, like Google Tag Manager works with the Facebook Pixel. You can can either add the Facebook Pixel on the actual site or you can just plug into the GTM and then you're good to go. So I think Google Tag Manager is good to learn all around, whether you're using Google tools or not. Yeah, I,
1: I think we've talked about it, but it would, I want to later on when we actually get to develop, developing courses, do just, just a crash course on Google Tag Manager so people can know the the very basics of how do I make the event that I want and how do I track it? There's
0: a lot of stuff that I think we could do crash, cr- crash courses on and help people understand better because Marcus was telling me, cause I'm, I'm making him, he's starting his own marketing agency, but he doesn't have like a marketing background. So he's got to take a step back further from where we were at when we started because we already had the marketing background. So I'm like, you need to take these courses. You don't got to pay for them, but take them and then you know learn from Google. And you got to Google ads and there's like a lot of things that he doesn't understand. Like he got tripped up on conversion rate and, and cost per acquisition. And he's like, just the way that they they explain them is super confusing. Yeah, it's not helpful. And <laughs> so then I was like, oh, okay, well cost per acquisition is easy. Like how much did you spend and how many conversions did you get? And divide them. <laughs> yeah. And cost and slash unver and he's like That's like, how they call it That's so much yeah. easier. I'm like, if like if I can explain this to you in a way easier sense, I feel like we've got potential to make a course that competes with Google. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah well and it well, wouldn't have the google cool lady.
0: yeah yeah he, well, he did say that he said that yeah, i took the google ads course he's like i feel like it's a big sales banner for performance max <laughs> yeah i was like Dude, this is how i know you're smart is because you take the google ads course and you're like
1: something's fishy <laughs> yeah i i told you i just participated in one of their research surveys which is i love them i, I did the non or the what is it where you can't talk about the details the, uh, the NDA, uh, non-disclosure NDA agreement. So I can't, I can't talk about it, right? But the one thing that I will say, <laughs> here, I, time I, here I am on a podcast talking I'm, to a thousand yeah. people. <laughs> every time I do one of them, they, the reason I get to do so many is because I tell them in general we don't like you guys. <laughs> you tell them that? Because, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah. <laughs> Everything that you do is to make us spend more money. That's like that's all you do. So mm-hmm. we just a lot of it. We don't even pay attention anymore because it's just propaganda. Yeah. And I have to look twice at things to take them seriously because I just assume from square one that if Google recommends something to me, it's to get more money. And it's not to actually do anything in our best interest.
0: Yeah, I always get those emails that are like, your partnership, your Google partner status is in, de- in jeopardy. Like, apply our recommendations to keep your partner status. I'm like, do you mean ignore your recommendations? Because that's what we're going to do.
1: Yeah, dismiss <laughs> all of them.
0: <laughs> uh, um. I didn't really have much more on that. I just I really wanted to establish the importance of of setting up and understanding tracking because in the last episode we talked about knowing your your target KPIs, and knowing is only half the battle. Now you have to actually execute on figuring out how you can report on those KPIs one accurately and two to get it to a point where it's it's you're bringing in all of the potential value to the relationship between what you're tracking and what your client is actually receiving. So that's really why I wanted to have this episode and it was it was definitely a two-parter and I hope everyone found value in this. And if you have questions about it, feel free to email us. But ultimately, we're just going to point you to the resources for you to go study. We're not going to teach you anything. Just, <laughs> we're just like, hey, you know, read, you need to read this. And if you're don't, not... Not until we flip it later on and cash out for the yacht money. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and we sell our souls and now we're like, oh, you want me to teach you? That's $99. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can't teach you I'm sorry I'm on my yacht there's no Wi-Fi so yeah um, but I can direct you to this
0: other person who will take your credit card information <laughs> no I, we I will I'll seriously I'll direct you I'll send you the links and you can go do the study and if you're not willing to do that then you sh- shouldn't be running an agency honestly
1: So fun fact too because I know I've said this before like don't message me because I don't want to hear from you guys <laughs> I'm, I'm half joking because some of the times I'm I think it's fun and exciting but uh, if you do fill out a contact form on the website, it will go to both of us. Both Jake and I receive it. So um, I'm not giving you my email. Well, oh, I've noticed. I've noticed you like you liked responding to the comments
0: on the website. So if you actually go to the Everbros website and you can you can find this episode and you can actually comment on it in the in the episode section. I do like that. You do so. Yeah, people comment on it, and Cody and I always respond to them because it's cool. It's like a little community, our little own social media platform.
1: Yeah, I think that's fun. I don't know why I am the way that I am. I feel like I spook a little bit. I just spook easy. I feel, I <laughs> think his brother is like, his, Nate, that's his name. We call him, um, or Snow Leopard because what? he spooks super easy. Oh. oh, if like you just say something that gets him and then you just, oof, he's gone for like weeks at a time. And I do the same <laughs> thing sometimes with just, I don't know, but Jake knows. I, I get overwhelmed super easy, uh, and I'm a one task at a time guy, so. I like to do things one at a time to completion. Um, and then if one, I get very mad if I have to stop because there's a there's a pause point where I can't continue working on it and then I have to switch gears. I hate that. Um, <laughs> and then if you me more than two things, I panic. Dude, I immediately you, panic. You, and I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. I can't do it. Cody, was you were seriously, like you were on one the other day when you were
0: like, we have to get this franchise deal like this structure done for it <laughs> and like or like we're just like focusing on this and then like for some reason like we're trying to cash out our, our credit card rewards because it ends in april and like or else we don't get any of it and there's like 500 bucks in there and we, we were trying to just see like we're trying to get stuff shipped to us like the rewards or to take the gift card because it's only accepting our po box and it won't let us ship but anyways it's this whole like bank fiasco that we have to deal with <laughs> and like this like a like a week or and a half ago. <laughs> like, And I was like, and you're like, oh, I'm like worried about this. I'm like, you know what? Like back in the way, we can work on the franchise stuff. Like we're talking about $500 in gift cards versus like a $3 million opportunity.
1: <laughs> you're like, do you know how little this matters? And right you're,
0: you're like, you're like, yeah, but it's in my it email. And I was like, delete it. And I'll remind you about it.
1: <laughs> it's on the list. You don't skip the list. <laughs> you do anyway. in fact, skip the list. Yeah, and you should. <laughs> That's what
0: normal people do. I so we had a handle. call this morning with you and Lisa is a it, well, actually no. I was gonna go over the prioritization of all of our clients of, that are onboarding uh in that call, but then um I went over that with her yesterday. Prioritization meetings. Apparently
1: I'm good at that. You are good at that. That's a strength of yours. Prioritization. That's a good thing. That's why I'll just ask you sometimes and say, uh here's the list. What do I do? <laughs> I did that once when I was at Spinning Tech and I offended. It was it was a. Uh, Kylie, actually, that I mentioned last time, yeah. I I basically said like, "Hey, you've given me a lot of stuff, but I don't know what you want me to start with." Um, and she like took it in. like I didn't. I was coming across as rude because I didn't realize, but I just meant it very literally. Like, I don't know what's number one here, so I just need you to tell me.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know how you could find that offensively. Maybe that's why we work so so good together. Is because like I'm like I'll be happy to tell you what comes first.
1: Well, because I, I think I started. I went in with you've given me a lot of stuff lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, not a good way to, to start a conversation <laughs> with somebody. Yeah. Is hey, you've given me a lot of crap, and I don't know how to prioritize it. Probably better ways to to uh surface that topic. Right yeah,
0: now. yeah, probably. All right, you ready to hop on this podcast with Kevin Marcus Miller from Marketing Agency Owners Group? I am. This is a live one. Yes, this is a live where uh listener, we're actually about ready to head over to a live podcast in the marketing agency owners group with Kevin Marcus Miller. So um if you're listening I want to, to this to see our faces. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you actually want to see our faces, um, well,
1: it, it aired two weeks ago, so <laughs> you're gonna eat yeah, you can to be disappointed <laughs> uh in my face anyway. I don't know. Jake's is pretty cool, he's got good yeah. hair today. No oh no, I don't. I have a bad hair today. I thought I looked good. Well, I I'm, I'm a, I dress like a cartoon character every day. It's pretty much the same thing. It's just gray, like my soul. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah, I've got this nice burgundy
0: uh, bomber on.
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But the background, it's like a uh, not Ron Swanson. It was the rotten burgundy? Ron, this, is, this is Ron. Sw- this is yeah. Ron Swanson. No, but was the the movie with Anchorman and Will Ferrell? Oh yeah, that was yeah Ron burgundy. Ron burgundy. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's why I need to get some sex Panther cologne. In the back right there
0: <laughs> oh uh final note we're um, ourselves. while you were yeah, yeah while you were talking um in one of your rants i ordered a new webcam hey on amazon i got the i got the elgato webcam so maybe i won't be as the picture won't be as bad
1: okay we should call it good because i gotta use the 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 little before gr- this uh the little girl's room yep that's the one okay i don't okay. think i can do that in iowa anymore that's an iowa joke oh people would <laughs> look into if they want <laughs> Anyway, right, okay. thanks for listening. See you next time. See ya.